Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today. It's going down right here. FST, Tuesday edition, Mike Blue to Dave Martinez. How's everybody doing? <clears throat> We're playing hurt, both of us. A little under the weather. Doing our best. Got some tea. Listed as probable. Yeah. Got some tea. I'll, I'll call myself questionable, but got to get out. Ah, good, refreshing decaf tea. Get you oh, going in the yeah. morning. Not a sponsor, so I can't tell you the brand name. So uh, thanks for money. joining us this morning on uh, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Dane and I. Uh, I'm surrounded by debacles, Dane. I got a Steelers team that turns the ball over a million times. I've got uh, a Titans team where I needed over eight. That ain't happening, even though the schedule lightens up. The schedule opens up for them. They needed one of these last two, and they lost. They're going to be favored in their next three, though. I know. But anyway, I'll take a push, by the way. It will help me in this competition. (laughs) Um, It should, because another guy has the Bengals, and they look like they're not going to make it to seven. Um, and you need them to get to seven to be over. So that so that's another debacle. Uh, the Titans, which I'm, I've been the champion of since July, um, w- just play very weird football at times. I, I can't really explain it. And then uh, my GST league, a league that we've talked about on here. So for those of you that be like, ah, he's having a good season because like, we talked about it so much. Well, I went from six and zero to nine and three. I had gotten the top score. In the league, I believe, <laughs> five times in those yep. first seven or eight weeks. Um, cruising. Well, my starting receiving core of, here's what it was. Yeah. It was Adam Thielen, um, Marvin Jones, and mm. Cooper Cup. Mm. That was my starting receiving core. I'm now down to Adam Thielen. Um, the problem AJ is, Green in there as well. AJ Green was actually one of the starters too, so I buried the lead. So yeah. right now I'm rolling with this last weekend. It was like an Adam Thielen, Seth Roberts, Tyrell Williams situation, and Cordero Patterson was in there. Um, I took a zero with Tyrell Williams, hoping he'd play. He right. sort of played, but he got a zero. Uh, it didn't impact me, even though a game would have been close had I played Roberts instead of Williams. It it didn't impact me. My thought process was, well, first of all, I got too many teams going on, and I'm on air at the time, so I feel like it's difficult right. to make these decisions. I just I kind of have to make them during a commercial. A lot of balls and, in the air. Yeah, and and do it. But I think part of my thought process, the reason I didn't slot Roberts in there, was that what is Roberts really going to do? He came up with an eight and a half. It was probably better than I expected. And I just thought Tyrell Williams has been catching a whole bunch of touchdowns. Like even right, he, he might catch that 45-yard touchdown pass. Yeah, right? like that's, that's sort of what it, my thought process was. But anyway, um, 
I, I this is just a cautionary tale. Do not get yeah. too excited uh, mid-season about your team. It's I, I, I felt impending doom coming. With, right. At one point, I thought Le'Veon Bell was coming back, and he was going to knock James Conner out of all of my teams. Right. And then uh, I wasn't sure. And Cooper Cup happened. And the, the Cooper Cup injury was the start of bad things to come. But uh, I say this to all of you. I feel your pain. Um, and I got to tell Peters, you. Adrian Peterson has gone south on that team. It's just uh, right. I'm not going to win this league anymore. I got to tell you something, and I, I don't mean to, you know, kind of uh, stomp on the grave or put salt on the wounds, but my wide receiving core is kind of having, like, the opposite effect. In that same league, uh, Blewett, I won uh, last week to go to 7-5, and five, so I'm probably going to be one of those, like, wild card playoff teams. And, you know, we may be staring at each other in a Week 14 playoff matchup. And it's funny, you talk about your wide receivers and kind of how – you know, unlucky they have been. I, on the flip side, have had the beneficiary of this. For example, Robert Woods is one of my wide receivers, right, who only grows in potential with the Cooper Cup um, injury. I have, you know I love our boy Kenny Galladay, who you lose Marvin Lew- you lose Marvin Jones, that helps me with Kenny Galladay. Right? Time. And Big sim- time. similarly, a couple of other wide receivers that I have. That you are scooped starting- Garrett Blunt for me, by the way. I, I'm, I, I was sure out did. of fab budget. It was three dollars to one dollar. That was the that was the bid. I can't bid any more than a dollar anymore, <laughs> because right. we have for everybody. This league has no transactions once the playoffs start. So this week is the last few transactions, um, and I need to clean up a couple of things. I need uh, a couple of. I needed to save a couple of dollars in order to acquire. Yeah. I need backups just in case. Hypothetical, your starting quarterback yeah, gets I need hurt. Some backups you you also. have to have a starting quarterback. So. Yeah, but I'm saying, you know, I'm feeling decent about, you know, Woods with the arrow up, Galladay with the arrow up, you know, and I could piece together another wideout out of Baldwin, Chris Godwin. I have multiple Bears wide receivers if Allen Robinson or Tyler Gabriel would just kind of announce themselves specifically. So I feel decent, you know, bright at tight end that I got lucky with. Um, so I feel decent. We may have to – we may be staring at each other at week 14, but I digress I'm still, because uh, – I'm still the highest-scoring team, and I'm trying – You I'm are. I'm on to that by a thread. I had a huge lead. Now it's down to 14. Scott Engel, actually, who just – we were just talking to, uh, is only yep, 14 he's right points there behind as well. me. So, um, so I'll, I'll try to outpace him and get the number two seed, but uh, my team is falling apart. I get Josh Reynolds back, but I really don't expect much out of A.J. Green – uh, we'll get to the injuries because there are so many of them. We will get to the injuries yeah. in the next segment. Let's talk about the team who I've been banging the drum for for weeks and weeks and weeks and months, and that is the Tennessee Titans. What the heck is going on there? They jump out to a lead last night. They get stuffed on this fourth down call, and it completely yeah. turns the game around. I, I like that they're aggressive, the Titans. They have been aggressive during the year. Now, I don't know that Luke Stocker is the guy that I want holding the ball on fourth down, but I, I'm not going to criticize them greatly for the fourth down play. What do you want them to kick a field goal? The Texans scored 34 points. No, like, that's fine. Just don't, don't give, give up, up a 97-yard run. That's right. Afterwards. Don't give up a 97-yard run, right? Like that that's the lesson. Don't give up huge plays. It's going to murder your right. chances to win. So, um it's such a weird stat line to look at. Mariota goes 22 of 23 for 303 and two scores. You would think there was zero chance to lose that game. And I'm telling you, I missed a lot of the first half. I've gone back and watched it this morning. But 
that was a non-competitive game in the second half. They couldn't really do yeah. anything. The Texans really... were holding the ball, grinding it out, um, and and that stat line means almost nothing. The, the incompletion came on the final drive, but going into the final drive, he was seventeen of seventeen for yeah. a, a whole bunch of yardage in the three and the two scores. So I don't know what to say. I, like he's saying he should play better. He could play better. I mean, what did he do? He tucked and ran on a couple of plays. They were he was under pressure a lot. Um, I didn't to think me, that the Titans' offensive line did a good job at all last night, Dane. Right. To me, this is not necessarily a Mariota issue. I'm sorry to say it, but going into this season, uh, Blue, one of the things you really liked about this was like Matt LaFleur coming over as the offensive coordinator and stuff like that, how they were going to be more oh, yeah. imaginative, you know. But And maybe that's the case. The issue here, honestly, they just don't have any playmakers. You know, I mean, okay, you'll, I'll give you Corey Davis as someone, but yeah. he's not like this. He's not I, – I know a lot of people think he has got a bright future ahead of him, and count yeah. me among those people, okay? But still, that's not it. This team lost – you know, I, I hate to say it, but Delaney Walker losing was a huge loss for this team. It was. They just don't have it anybody that scares me on this. You know, I mean, you look at Mariota, 22 of 23, 303 and two touchdowns. Seems like a good game, but honestly, if you look deeper, the John – Smith touchdown was a completely busted coverage. I could have scored on that play, you know. And the Corey Davis, you give you he made one play, right? Outside of that, they really do nothing. They have no running game to speak of. Deion Lewis is only viable in PPR formats as a flex. I think this team just needs playmakers. They're gonna need to spend some money, draft some kids. They need to put weapons around Mariota. Mariota played just fine, but you know they just don't have in this NFL. Where you know you got Patty Mahomes and Jared Goff and everyone's slinging it, they are they are still kind of exotic Smash Mouth. I think you highlighted the two issues. Losing Walker was bigger. I was concerned about it. It was even bigger than I suspected, and I, I think people mm-hmm. have underrated that. Losing Delaney Walker was key for a team like that. Say they wanted to play like the Chiefs. The Chiefs without Travis right. Kelsey would still be explosive. But they wouldn't be nearly as good. I think Kelsey is the most important guy in that offense because he's uncoverable. And it allows – they're trying to put guys on on Kelsey right. to stop him. And then it allows Tyreek Hill to run past everybody. And it opens it up for Kareem Hunt. Right. Now, obviously, people would be like, are you nuts? It's Pat Mahomes. I get that. Like, it's always going to be the quarterback. But I'm, I personally think that Mahomes is a, a very – bright talent but there are other guys that could run the chiefs offense well do you know what i mean maybe not to yeah kelsey kelsey is the mismatch that's like the first domino and then you have like wiley coyote plugging up all the holes in the dam because of what kelsey initiates but i think you highlight so walker is a big loss there i'm not suggesting that the titans offense and the chiefs offense are going to be identical i'm just trying to make some comparisons um because they both have a lot of young skill players but Deion lewis has been disappointing, especially over the last six weeks or so. But Derrick Henry is a complete zero in that yeah. offense. And it should yeah. it doesn't make sense, but I think the reality is one of two things. Either guys like Derrick Henry are being phased out of the league to some extent. Right. Jordan Howard, raise your hand too. Yep. And or I have to give him an or because there's other guys that can run people over and still have jobs in the league, or he just doesn't fit there. So they throw him out there in straight garbage time, and he can't even hang on to the ball. 
So I don't expect him to be out there anytime soon. I, I don't think he's droppable only because he should be the last guy on your bench. He can be, uh, in case Deion Lewis got hurt, he would see the ball a lot. Right. And Deion Lewis has a strong injury history. Injury. So uh, all, all of it says that he, you're not going to get anything out of him. There's no reason for you to start him going into any week. They, they, they were down last night. Um, and I get like game script and all that. So when what are you going to hope for the Titans to blow people out by three touchdowns and then Derrick Henry gets right and have to run the like, clock out? I, I admit that <laughs> this I've offense to get up thirty-one ten on someone at halftime yeah. and game flow for him yeah. that ain't going to happen. And I and I don't even remember what he did against the Pats at, at this point. So uh, in a game where that actually happened. So uh, I know we started with the negative, but I, I think it's fair to say there's been a narrative related to the Titans with me all year. So uh, he didn't get protected. Last Last night, um, let's see what the final numbers were uh, on the sacks. Uh, sacks, where are we? Sacks, sure. yard loss. Six sacks for 43 yards lost. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, obviously, not great. He was under pressure even more than that. Um, so, I just, I, I mean, I, I'm at a loss. I, I thought this team would be a lot better. The, the, the play really did, it does really look like the fourth down stop followed by the 97-yard run, that turned the entire game around, obviously. But uh, I don't blame him for the fourth down call. He's being asked to defend it. Like, how, how many times are we going to go around the block on this stuff? On fourth and one, we're going for it. Let's just yeah. go for it, and everybody stop saying we need to kick field goals all day. It's, it's right. shown now, finally, we're infusing analytics into it. It's fourth and one on the three. You go right. for it. That's the move. Because Unless even if you don't get it, field goal. usually, usually pitting your, the other team back at the three is a recipe for good things, flipping the field, all That's that right, good Dan. stuff. But then don't give up the 97-yard touchdown run to Lamar Miller. Yeah, and I'll even throw some stats at you. Tennessee, the average drive given up uh, by their defense this year. Um, let's see where it is. Average drive given up. It's not great, actually. They look like rank towards the bottom of the league, but they usually give up um, nine plays on. No, sorry. Give me a second. About six plays they give up for 32 yards. So if they were on their average there, the Titans would have gotten out to the 35, 36 yard line, or rather, the Texans would have gotten out to the 35, 36 yard line and punted. So right. that's a good defensive possession so that's why you take a look at some averages like that in order to assume what why we would go that it because you're not doing it on your your own 20 yard line where they're guaranteed to score sure you're doing it down on the other end so anyway let's talk about the texans something positive i'm super bummed about the Titans. oh i was gonna i was gonna i was gonna give you a silver lining though i was gonna give you a silver lining your titans are five and six right i think they're gonna be favored in their next four games blew it and I think they're going to and I think they're going to be facing non-starting quarterbacks in their next four games. They're home for the Jets next week. They're saying Darnold may miss another one. Then they're home again for Jacksonville, unraveling Kessler. with Cody Kessler, right? Then week 15 they go to the New York Giants. I'm going to tell you, by week 15, Kyle Laletta may be starting there and regardless, that's not a big deal. And then week 16 home for Washington and Colt McCoy. You know, they're 5 and 6 right now. They could be nine and six and still hit your over. Blew it. I think. I think they're going to be eight and seven, going into Indianapolis. 
and I'll need that one. That's one I don't I, think you're going to get because I think the Colts are going to need that one for playoffs. I think you're probably right. So, but that's exactly what I had last year. You know, the Titans were eight and four last year. Went on a and with an over eight, same same as last year. Eight and four with an over eight. They went on a four game. They went on a three game losing streak and played the Jaguars to like an eight, a field goal game in week seventeen. You want to talk about a gambling sweat? <laughs> sweat it out. Sweat, sweat it out. And the Jaguars didn't need it, but they had lost right. in week sixteen and Marone. Pulled like an old school move, like everybody's playing this week. We'll talk about that disaster, by the way, after the yeah. break. That is the Jaguars. So, really quick on the Texans, Watson looked great. He looked like the dynamic player that you want. He's not even a big runner, but he goes for nine for seventy last night and a touchdown. He had that thirty-four yard run, which was uh, impressive. He ran for the touchdown too. Again, he's really more of a pocket passer. He obviously has some athletic ability, but getting an additional nine for seventy for a score out of him on the ground is crazy good for fantasy owners because he threw for two ten and two touchdowns. A fairly muted performance, but he was nineteen of twenty-four and he was very good. Uh, Lamar Miller was the surprise of the night. 12 for 162 and a touchdown. He picked up nearly 24, I believe it was, fantasy points. Did he get any catches? Yeah, he got one for five. Just one so catch, a total yeah. Of 160. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think, um, yeah, he had about 24 fantasy points. Yeah, I, I'm in a league where a guy had a 26-point like, lead going up against Lamar Miller, and he thought he was in the bag, and he sweated that until the end mm. of the game when they put Alfred Blue in there. So Lamar Miller, 12 for 160, um, 13 touches for 167 and a score. DeAndre Hopkins, pretty standard night, 5 for 74. And yeah, nothing big out of him. no, it wasn't. I needed 13 points out of him and didn't get it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I should say. One yeah, of his lower outputs of the season. De- yeah. A subpar night for DeAndre Hopkins. I misspoke. Uh, they, they only threw the ball 24 times. Um, Demarius Thomas is the one who... Yeah. Stole those touchdowns from you. Four for 38. Sure did. Two scores for Demarius Thomas. Kiki to Kuti, where have you gone, my friend? Two for 14. Bupkis out of Kiki Kuti. We'll come back. We'll talk about the Jaguars and a host of injuries in the NFL. It's Mike and Dane on FST. We'll be right back. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and attorneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Carry on my There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry no more. Get a lot of Kansas on a Tuesday morning, do you? I don't play the oldies on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Mike and Dane. Two for Tuesday. Little rock block. Start off the second segment. Well, you know, keep calm and carry on. Carry on, Johnson. Hopefully coming back sometime soon. If not, pick nice. up LeGarrette Blunt nice. off the Raver wire. Nice transition. Like it. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we got uh, – so one one last thing on the Texans because we have to give them credit. Look, I, I hate to start off on the negative, but it, it's just 
it's a lot of times how this works. I'm fired up about the negative, so I start railing on my uh, Titans over on the year, and I can't believe that this team, which is pretty talented, uh, can't get the wins. I, I think Dane made a fair point. Like They don't have some of the playmakers that they need. I don't know if it's drafting a running back or drafting another wide receiver so we're not rolling out Tajay Sharp every week, but uh, they need to do something in order to help Mariota more. It all It is all about him at the end of the day. Um, I think Vrabel can figure out how to fix the defense on the whole, and he needs some playmakers too. They they made some investments, but they also had some injuries uh, to the defense as well that have impacted them. Not as bad as other teams. I, I'm not excusing them for injuries, but let me, let me talk about the Texans. Give them even additional credit. I I did think they played really well last night uh, on the whole. Yeah, they got down early, but bounced back to get the big run, and then they played really solid defense, the six sacks and the whole thing. So, um, And by the way, the Titans' uh, offensive line, which is what's expected to be a pretty good one coming into the year, I mean, they got run over last night, so that can't, yeah. you can't be dismissed. Um, it may not be the J.J. Watt of old, but J.J. Watt is still there in, in force, and Jadavion Clowney and Whitney Merciless and that whole group is a tough one to go up against. They have played an easy schedule. Um, that they've won these eight games in a row. But they've won eight games in a row. So um, I can't really say anything else other than that. And the, the next five are this, Dane. They're in the midst of a three-game home streak. They got the Browns next week. Then they have the Colts. It'll be a tough matchup. I get it. But right. it's a home game for them. Then they go to the Jets. They go to the Eagles. I don't know what the Eagles are going to look like at that point. And then they host the Jaguars. They will be favored in a minimum of four of those games and probably all five. Yeah, I like the way the schedule breaks down for them. I, you know, maybe one place we can differ imagine on if their they schedule. Would, can you imagine Go if ahead. they end up winning like 12 or 13 games? Yep. Like they're going to be fighting sure for a can. one seed. If Yep, if you remember the last time I talked about these AFC teams and all this stuff, I mentioned that the Texans' schedule is very favorable. You know, the Texans are competing in essence. They're competing against the Patriots and the Steelers, right? And guess what? The Patriots and the Steelers play each other, you know, and the Steelers have the Chargers still on their schedule, stuff like that. You don't see the Steelers, the Patriots, the Chargers, or any team like that left on this Texans' schedule. Uh, I think four of these is very possible. Three of them, I think, is safe. We're talking then, if they go three and two even, as a conservative route, we're talking 11 and five. That's a home That's a home playoff game uh, and possibly a bye in the AFC. I will say this. The one place I think we differ on their schedule, I still, maybe I'm crazy. Maybe, you know, I'll be the last one there at the party by myself. I actually, right now, if you ask me, I believe the Philadelphia Eagles will win the NFC East right now. They are one game back. I think they're the one who have the right pedigree. I think Week 16 at Philadelphia is going to be a challenge for this Texans team. Um, that was the game that I said they might not be favored. So be favored I, I, in? I'm, okay. Yeah, I, so I'm not, with I'm not differing with you. Uh, Got you. That. I think this I, Indianapolis, they'll be favored in the Indy game, but that game is going to be big because I think the Colts are really rolling. I'm giving them Cleveland, the Jets, and Jacksonville in Week 17, and then they got a you know home for Indy and at Philly. If they split those two games, which I think is definitely possible, this is a team on an eight-game winning streak. We're talking about the Texans going 12 and four after starting 0 and three, and in my opinion, 12 and four will get them a bye in the AFC. Mm-hmm. 
I think the only thing that surprises me about the NFC East to transition over to that is if they yeah. if the team that wins that division wins their playoff game. I think anybody could win it of those of between. I think right. either Dallas or Philly could win it, but I think both of them bowing out in their first playoff game. So I, it doesn't really matter. You think they, they would lose, lose? Like you think Minnesota or Carolina, let's say, going into Dallas or Philly would get the W? Yeah. Right now I do. Right yeah. now I do. Anything can happen. You know, we've seen. It's interesting. Games, I think it'll but, be an interesting, very close game. But yes, I hear you. Um, all right. So we got a lot of injuries. We got suspensions. We got bench weeks. Yeah. Fun Tuesday on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network on FST. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening, by the way, on TuneIn Radio, on iHeartRadio, and uh, any terrestrial radio stations around the country. Thanks for uh, joining us. So if you want to hit up us, us up on Twitter with any questions, because I'm sure there will be a lot this week, uh, do so at FNTSY Radio in general. But Dane is at Spittin' Speeds, S-P-E-E-D-Z, and I'm at Mike Blewett. Very simple. So uh, Leonard Fournette got suspended for a game for being an idiot. Uh, he left the bench. He threw punches. He did everything he could do. Some people thought, ah, it's you know football, whatever. That's nonsense. I, I, I thought he was totally out of control to do something like that, and he deserves a suspension. I very rarely um, want to pile on suspensions or anything like that. But what 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 did you think would happen when you weren't involved in the play? Ran down there and started punching people in the face. Like what what yeah. was the what was going to happen? other than you getting ejected, and possibly worse. So the interesting thing about this is, I was just reading this before we got on air, uh, Leonard Fournette suspended one game. Here it is. It's according to Pro Football Talk. So Fournette undoubtedly will appeal, especially if, if his contract contains language invalidating the remainder of the guarantees under his rookie deal in the event of a suspension. If such Ooh. language is in the contract, remember the Roquan Smith controversy? Yes. About all yes. of that language? That's related to that language. Then yes. more than se- If such language is in the contract, then more than $7 million in guarantees becomes wiped out, allowing Oof. the Jaguars to release Fournette after the season with no further financial obligation. Oof. So, an oft-injured player throwing uh-huh. punches around. Yep. They have Hyde okay. and Yeldon there in the running back room now there. Something to consider. I don't think Yeah, will, that's interesting. But, um, I don't think they will either because he's so tied to their identity. You know what I mean? Yeah. You just talked about – you talked about how there's like with Derrick Henry – you know, you talked about how those kinds of backs are being phased out of the NFL. And honestly, the point I was going to make then, but I'll make it here, is to me there are only two backs in the NFL who are this kind of, you know, early down, in-between-the-tackles guys that I think are still, like, really, you know, big-time guys. And those are Ezekiel Elliott and Leonard Fournette. Everybody else at the top has this kind of pass-catching ability as well this dual threat ability unless your name is leonard or ezekiel i think you're a dying breed in the nfl at running back yeah i think Gurley could do it but he's smart to be more versatile and he's more but he's a pa- yeah he's got that flexibility are. he's got some yeah, of that he's, he's got some of that passing game work so it is melvin he's gordon definitely more versatile. these other guys yeah 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 absolutely speaking of melvin gordon um yeah. he's one of the guys that's that's got possibly an mcl sprain um, I think Austin Eckler is owned in a lot of leagues, but I seventy percent, uh, but worth a check. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I was searching around my leagues last night. He is available in one of them, so I'll be putting a bid in on it and probably not getting him, but uh, just uh, something to consider. In, in the league where you and I have Melvin Gordon, we we luckily have really good depth at running back, so we can right. play 
uh, Sony Michelle and James Connor and we'll be fine. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. In fact, we we sort of fouled that up the other day by playing Ingram in the flex on Thanksgiving. But I right. I had sort of made my decision going into the weekend that Ingram was definitely going to play anyway. So the reality is we would have been choosing between Connor, Michelle, and Gordon. Shady, and, I think also. Yeah. I'm glad I made the choice to start Michelle over Shady, but it didn't yeah. matter. We got blown out. so It didn't matter. Uh, and then our Cameron Brait, Rob Gronkowski call was pretty close anyway. Both of them got into the end zone there. Yeah, exactly. So, um, all right. So, so you got the four. Jacksonville. He's, Jacksonville, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's missing the one game here in week 13. So, he's been injured for a month or more, and now he's suspended for a game. So, it ends up being a bust of a first-round draft pick completely. Like, he just didn't help you. He's going to come back for the playoffs, but, you know, we'll see what the Jaguars look like then because they've benched Blake Bortles and now Cody Kessler is starting. Uh, I think we felt this coming for a while now. Kessler relieved him in a game earlier this year. Uh, Kessler's a solid QB, not a strong-armed QB, but a solid guy that I think will. I think Cody Kessler is going to be in this role for a long time in the NFL. I yeah. think he'll be a a solid backup to fringe starter for a long time. He doesn't have the look or feel of a franchise QB for people, so it's why his opportunities will be rare. But if he lights it up here for a month, it could convince the Jaguars that maybe he's the guy going forward. I don't know what kind of support he has in the locker room, and I'm not suggesting that is definitely the case, but it could be the case. It could be something where uh, they will take a look at him moving forward. Uh, I guess they could, but here's the thing. This organization is one of the few in the NFL that has such a strong kind of identity. They know they want to win by running the ball and playing defense. And so to me, and listen, Tom Coughlin's been a great you know, head coach and executive and all that stuff. He did this team a disservice, in my opinion. I said it last hour, last offseason, when they could have gotten themselves an Alex Smith, when they could have gotten themselves a Terod Taylor, a Teddy Bridgewater. They never addressed the situation. And that was their original sin, in my opinion. Maybe they would have tried to get an Alex Smith and it wouldn't have worked out. Maybe Terod would have turned the ball over and it wouldn't have worked out. But the problem was they thought they were good going at this with a Super Bowl potential defense, Leonard Fournette, all the buzz, and Blake Bortles. That was their problem. I think they are not going to do that again in another offseason, Mike. I think whatever they do, they are going to address it in some way, shape, or form. We got a lot of names. We've talked about that kind of like 30 to 35 QB and kind of how the merry-go-round goes. But I think yeah. with a new regime, it's going to happen, and I submit the name. I'll tell you right now. I believe starting quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars next year will be Joe Flacco. I think it's entirely possible. Flacco and Bridgewater and Tyrod Taylor were the three names that we talked about in the preseason, and I think they'll continue to be talked about in the offseason. I could absolutely see that being a fit. Um, they, could address, they could address it by drafting somebody and Flacco. Right. Uh, I can or, see Flacco as a bridge to like a yeah. Will Greer. You know, yeah, po- yeah, ponying up for Bridgewater. It, Bridgewater will see the most money of that crew because he's the youngest, and I think sure. people feel like he's got a lot of ability. But they're going to be part of that. The one thing is going to be in that only, merry-go-round. Yeah, I, you know, I think he will be, but I, I think he could be. But I, from everything that I'm reading now, I feel like 
Jameis is going to come back simply because there's, there's yeah. some money there's some money owed to him, and I think that they'll give him another shot with a new head coach, new offensive coordinator, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But it'll be a do or die year for his career next year for Jameis. This one kind of sort of was, but next year is the real year. I think he'd be back in Tampa. They could make a change, and it would be a little bit eyebrow-raising, but uh, I've said for a while, I, I I don't think Jameis is the guy you want to build around in Tampa. I, I think they should just blow the whole thing up. And the last thing I'd say on the Jags situation, Dane, is that I, I give them slight credit for they moved some money around on Bortles to make it pretty easy to cut him in the offseason. Right. They gave him a little bit of extra guarantees, but it makes it a little bit smoother of a financial transaction for them to get rid of him in March, which they will assuredly do. Um, mm-hmm. They didn't plunk down a whole bunch of money like the Raiders did with Derek Carr and just start paying the guy before they knew they had any any sort of solid compass, uh, directional going forward, whatever phrase you'd like to use in order to make sure that they were pointed in the right direction. Derek Carr um, was paid a lot of money before he had really earned it, and the Jaguars didn't really do that with Bortles, so they'll be able to move on without really crippling themselves financially. Um, you know, Khalil Mack isn't there in in Oakland, in part because they were already paying Carr. Right. Now, obviously, the Raiders are blowing up the whole thing, so it probably didn't make sense to pay Khalil Mack when the whole thing is disintegrating around him, but it's just one of those things. You, you don't really let a guy like that go. That's why we've been critical of it. So yeah. um, so that's it on the Jaguars. Anything else to add before we get to these last few injuries? Yeah, I got I, I have a transition for you then. You talk about the merry-go-rounds you know, of the year. We talk about Tarad, uh, Flacco, stuff like that. I'm going to make a transition to another injury. Could you see a universe, because the seat is getting warm up there, um, could you see a universe where Andy Dalton is in the quarterback merry-go-round this offseason? Absolutely. So I, he was one of the guys that I thought yep. uh, he they can get out of him, uh, get out of his contract very easily. Maybe uh, a new head coach might want to do that. That's right. So they can get out of the contract very easily this offseason in March. It would only be a few million dollars that they'd be writing off if it's a post-June first cut. So Dalton uh, – you know, the interesting thing is I, I, Cincinnati's known for being pretty cheap. They paid A.J. Green. They paid Geno Atkins. They paid you know, very, very few guys beyond that. But um, I, you you and I both know there's a ceiling on Andy Dalton. I just wonder sure. if the Bengals view it that way. I think he's appreciated by the organization. I think people like him. I don't get the same sense that the teammates don't have his back in the way that Jacksonville doesn't have Bortles back. Um, so I don't know that they're going to turn the page. I think it makes sense to, but um, are they won't be the team that will get involved in anything other than Tyrod on a cheap one-year prove-it right. deal. They won't be the team even anywhere near the Teddy Bridgewater sweepstakes, and they wouldn't pay Joe Flacco. Most likely. Could either. you see a straight up change of scenery kind of? And I know I'm being silly right now. I know money and organizations don't work this way. But like a Jameis Winston for Andy Dalton trade. <laughs> you know, to like get some change if of scenery and some kind if of guy. If you're the Bucks, you, know? you don't want to do that. If you're the Bucks, you don't want to do that. Cincinnati. Yeah, I guess. Eh. But, you know, but, but uh, these guys are going to be in the very organization to sell Jameis right now. That's the right. problem. He's 24 years old, and he's the number one overall pick, and you're financially tied to him as such. Yeah, Jameis is going to have to 
prove it in Tampa or he's done. Like no nobody's gonna be like, Great, James is available. Let's roll out the red carpet and sell our fan base on this guy. Like you don't think let's say it. he has a nondescript fifth year and the Bucks don't want to bring him back. You're telling me there's not one team out there that will pay real money for a twenty five year old who we have seen in this league uh perform well at times? And there's not one brain trust out there that's like, just give them to us for a year. We'll fix them. Um, if if they did it like that on a one-year prove-it deal, they, they'd have to sell it and deal with the slings and arrows from the fan base, both for his on-field and off-field discre- indiscretion. Yeah. Like that's the reality. He's a turnover machine on the field. He's a jerk at at best, off the field, and I think it's going to be hard to sell guys like that in this current climate. I'm not critical of that. I just think it's hard to sell that. So you'd have to be willing to take all those slings and arrows and then fix Jameis in a year. That's hard to do. So I'll come back with Dane right after the break, and then Dane is going to take you through all the waivers and the injuries in the next segment. It's Mike and Dane on FST. We'll be right back. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. We're back on FST, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening. Morning after coming up at 9 o'clock. Gabe Morency, Corey Parson, and Michelle Serpico. So, uh, got great shows throughout the day. BFFs, game time decisions, all kinds of good stuff here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. So, Dane, Dane and I, Dane's going to set me up with a question, and then he's going to take you through the waiver wires Sure. Uh, for the remainder of the segment. Uh, but, Dane, you had a question for me, which uh, may yeah. be coming up for a lot of leagues across the country. Absolutely, and that's the thing. You know, most leagues blew it. Uh, you know, week 13 is the last week of the regular season, and so people are not only playing to get into the playoffs, but a lot of people are battling for seeding as well. So I had a question by Ryan Agbim, one of my uh, Stats Over Beats followers here, says, I'm in second place. Um, and I face a top team in week 13. The problem is my current playoff matchup, like somehow this, there's eight teams that make playoffs in this league, well, but I digress. He says you know, his current matchup against the seven seed is a team that's really not that great, but the eight seed is a team that's kind of coming on, getting better, and is a little dangerous. He wonders, should he purposely throw his matchup this week to lock himself in the two seed instead of trying to win the league to get himself a better playoff matchup? Generally speaking, Blewett, how do you feel about trying to be too cute to arrange the playoff matchup to see, like, the team you want to see? I feel like it always bites you in the butt. Yeah, I, I think there's – I think, first of all, he'd have to make sure they did all the calculations correctly, that there's no right. chance that he can come in first. There's no chance he can come in third. There's no right. chance that that guy can fi- finish in Six, sixth seven, eight, or eighth yeah. or whatever. So I, for the purposes of the question, I have to concede that he did all of that math. And and it's locked in. 
you know, there's 100-point differences here and there, which seems unlikely to me, frankly, at this point in the season. Um, you're also potentially setting your up for yourself maybe for a more difficult second-round matchup because I don't know what those teams look like. And then who knows what the path would have been like uh, in the championship game. I just don't know if you are setting yourself for anything other than potentially an easier um, first week matchup. I, I just, I think you're doing, I think you're overthinking it when you're doing something like that. I can tell you in most of the leagues that I compete in, if I threw out a zero illegal lineup, they'd be pretty ticked off because it would, it could impact a lot of other things. We're all talking about point titles and all that other kind of stuff. So that would not be kosher with me uh, personally in my league. Um, and everybody's just going to be rooting against him. And I think it guarantees him very little. Does that make sense? It does. Um, it does. And I kind of agree with you. Not even for the, like, got to do the math and make sure you don't mess it up and wind up two and him go to six or eight and stuff like that. But for me, honestly, Mike, it's a karma thing. It's a karma thing. How many times do we see it in, like, you know, real pro sports where people are saying, like, oh, it's the easy matchup and then that underdog comes up and bites you? This is a game where on any given week, you know, you got these projections, but people outscore and underperform all the time, and so I wouldn't get yeah, too cute. Dude. I'd run my we're best just, lineup out there. I try and win we the best points. And if you're in second like, place, that's probably within reach too. People were selling Lamar Miller out six weeks ago. Now he's one of the top RBs in fantasy football. Everybody loved Deion Lewis. Now he's barely startable. There's just little things like that happening all the time. We reviewed literally at the top of the show my Cooper Cup, Adam Thielen, A.J. Green, unstoppable rebel force of a wide receiver trio. Now they're all out, and one and their backup was Marvin Jones. I mean, that's I got Adam Thielen left. That's it. What's up, Seth Roberts? Those things happen, and they will continue to happen. <laughs> and Cordero Patterson and Josh Reynolds are my saviors. So uh, I would say, don't do it. Just play it out. Try to win. Try to come in first place. Yeah, that's I hear you, man. Said for that. Uh, we'll brother. talk to you on Thursday, so, right? A little week yeah, thirteen gonna, kicking off. Absolutely. Dane's going to take you through all the waivers for the rest of the show, and I'll talk to you folks on Thursday. All right. Have a good one, brother, man. Uh, right, we man. shall talk. We got, some, uh, we got some waiver claims to make ourselves. We can just make sure we're good for the playoffs because we go into the chip, my friend. But in any event, listen, Blewett is absolutely correct. There are some big-time injuries, or big, to be honest, guys that move to IR. We talked about all the Jacksonville stuff already, but listen, we talked about Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton, with that thumb injury, has been sent to IR, effectively ending his season. Sure, Jeff Driscoll may be the uh, quarterback there, but I'm telling you right now – I fade everyone there. I think this is an impact to Tyler Boyd. I think you got to fade Joe Mixon as well. You fade Uzuma. But the big issue here to me is that there is now a universe, we talked about it at the end of last show, where A.J. Green may get shut down. Maybe he comes back this week, but now the Bengals are 5-6. and six. They lose another one or two. They fall out of it with their backup quarterback there and it hurt an aging A.J. Green. I think there's no way he comes back. So if you have him and you're relying on him in the fantasy playoffs, this is is a big-time blow. Marvin Jones for the Detroit Lions has been sent to IR with that knee injury. That means it is, oh boy, is it Galladay season, okay? The holiday season is upon us, and Kenny Galladay is a gift under the tree. He is going to be a high-performing wideout, too, in my opinion, for the root of the season. Jack Doyle has gone to IR with a kidney issue. Listen, Andrew Luck has been slinging it with three or more touchdowns, I believe it's seven games in a row, and one of the big beneficiaries of that 
in the middle of the season was Eric Ebron. He now returns, in my opinion, to a top five tight end. I'll give you Ertz. I'll give you Kelsey. That's about it. I'd put Ebron ahead of basically everybody else. You can make an argument for Kittle or maybe Gronk as well, but Eric Ebron is a top five tight end for the rest of the season. Jeff Hireman is done for the season. Had rib injuries, uh, uh, a bruised lung, he's going to be gone, ending what many people thought was a nice story at the tight end position. People were using him because it was such a wasteland there. Um, maybe Chris Herndon is a guy to grab if you're looking on the tight end waiver wire. He's only owned in less than 10% of leagues, and he could, you know, offer something. He's uh, had seven catches, I believe, last week and has been getting a lot of attention from Jets quarterbacks. The one other guy that I'll mention, activated from the pup list yesterday, Rex Burkhead in New England has been activated. This is something to watch, especially if you own Sony Michelle, especially if you own James White. This you know, Rex Burkett is a guy they like, and he's versatile. So he can kind of back up White and take some of that in the pass game. He can also get carries early on in the sequence and take some of Sony Michelle if opportunity. If you own Sony Michelle, you need Rex Burkhead. If you own James White, you need Rex Burkhead just in case injuries hit the New England Patriots. As we look at the waiver wire, guys, at the running back position, I told you about Burkhead. It was 19% owned. Austin Eckler is 70% owned, okay? So he's probably gone, but he is definitely worth a look. Melvin Gordon is going to be missing the next couple of weeks, and I've been saying it all season long. Austin Eckler has standalone value. He is going to slide right in. Is a definitely startable running back for you, and it's not like these kind of guys pop up onto the radar screen all of a sudden in week 13, but Austin Eckler is someone you can try. Uh, he's 70% owned, but he is definitely worth a look in your league. Two other potential starting running backs come up on the radar randomly for week 13. You get Naheem Hines, who's interesting. Remember, Marlon Mack is in the concussion protocol. Naheem Hines is only 22% owned. If you want to get a piece of that Colts offense, which has looked good recently, Naheem Hines is definitely someone to fine. So you check for Austin Eckler. You check for Naheem Hines. You got guys like Josh Adams in Philly. You got, uh, you know, Gus Edwards in Baltimore that you want to check. Another name at the running back position, last one I'll give you is LeGarrett Blunt, LGBT rights. He's only 15% owned. Kerryon Johnson may or may not be back this week, and Blunt had two touchdowns against the tough Bears defense. You gotta like that one. At the wide receiver position, here's where I would say don't forget, the Rams had their bye last week. So a guy like Josh Reynolds is potentially available. He's owned in 50% of leagues. And if you can get a piece of that Rams offense as he tries to replace Cooper Cup, I would recommend you go out and grab him. Other wide receivers that may be available that are around 50% owned, 50 to 60% owned, you could try DJ Moore. You know how I like him in Carolina. He has been a favorite target of Cam recently. As I've explained, they're going away from the big body catch radius guys and more into the shake and bake dynamic playmakers and using that yards after the catch. I love DJ Moore if he's available. Reynolds and Moore are the two wideouts. I would tell you the last guy is if you can still get Adam Humphreys, he may be worth a stash as well. Let's say you just lost Marvin Jones. He may be someone you can go to. At the tight end position, listen, make America break again if you can. All right, Cameron Braid is owned now in 65% of leagues, but with J. 
Jameis Winston under center and in the red zone, you know he targets Cameron Brait. That is a guy I would look to. If not Brait, there is a big-time drop, unfortunately. If you lost Jack Doyle, if you lost you know, some of these other tight ends here, um, listen, Gerald Everett, Chris Herndon, John U. Smith, those might be guys you could look for, but you're scraping the bottom of the barrel, unfortunately, there. If you lost Doyle, if you lost Hireman, I would say Chris Herndon is worth a look. Maybe John U. Smith, but try and see if Cameron Brait is available. All right, that'll do it for some waivers on me. Tomorrow, I'll be back with the King, Scott Angle, for two hours as we start to preview Week 13 is the last fantasy week of many people's seasons. We're going to help you get a W and get into the playoffs. Two hours with us tomorrow. It's the morning after, though. Gabe Morency, Corey Parson, and the lovely Michelle Serpico are up next here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Have a great day. Thanks, you guys.